The climate is changing. So are we. I'm Laura Lynch, and I host What on Earth? That's CBC's Climate Solutions podcast. Twice a week, we take you around the world to find the people who are trying to build a better future for all of us. We explore Indigenous science, new technologies. We talk openly about mental health and climate anxiety. We also take your smart questions all the time. Come find What on Earth wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Ify Chibatilu. Trevor John Denis. <laughs> Full name. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about a lot over the holidays? Presents, cake, turkey, sleep, naps. Summer. Oh, okay. Summer. I would have gotten there. Eventually, you would have, you would have arrived at that place, but I arrived there weeks ago. As soon as the snow hit the ground, all I could keep thinking about was... The heat, the longer days of summer, patios and barbecue burgers, windows down in the car, sandals on my feet, I would take mowing a lawn over shoveling a driveway any day of the week. And as soon as the holidays are over, I'm instantly into get me to summertime mode. Okay, well now I'm thinking of that too. I need a drink <laughs> with like an umbrella in it or something. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like where your head's at. <laughs> You know, we have just the thing to go with that because for the next hour, we're going to try our best to transport you six months into the future where the flowers have bloomed, the birds are chirping, and the pants you're wearing go no further than the knees, Ify, than the <laughs> knees. Today on Our Never, it's summer. I haven't like felt this way or, or been in a setting like this in many years. So this this device truly changes the way I can spend pastimes in the summer. This is your only one that you're getting on. It was going to be my first and last, is what she told me. I got hooked and I didn't want to do it because I was going to be the first girl. It just happened to be that way. And I just love the sport. Like, it's so cool being able to dance kind of with a steer and just the adrenaline that it gives you is phenomenal and beautiful. First of all, I was a bit shocked and and, uh, (laughs) I just said, no one is going to put any of Minnie's plants anywhere but in somebody else's property. This woman put her heart and soul into this and I just couldn't see it destroyed and I said would you mind if I go get my spade this is now or never summer loving had me in blast (laughs) summer summer summer, summer time yeah your voice is way better than mine (laughs) I didn't think it was a competition it wasn't but I realized in the moment that (laughs) I should just stop singing let's get to summer Let's start the show. So we have to bring your sleeping bag and all of these things. Do you want to take a stuffy? I'm pretty sure your friends are going to bring them. Yeah, It is July, and I am in a Winnipeg apartment with Simon Gaunium and his mom, Morgan Klachewski 
who is making sure he has everything he needs for the next five days, because Simon is going to sleepaway camp for the very first time. I think we should, well, actually, I, I don't think we need to pack extra EpiPens because they, they have extra ones. Yeah. But we got to pack your antihistamine. Got it. I'm Simon and I'm eight years old and I'm going to go to camp. I'm Simon's mom, Morgan, and um, I'm 44 years old. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. Um, and yeah, I'm about to send my, my one and only baby off to camp for the first time. I think I might be 43, you're right. It's all a blur at this age. Simon has wanted to go to camp for more than a year, but Morgan wasn't ready. It's been hard for her to let her only child go to things like camp because Simon lives with food allergies that could be deadly. We've had to like rush him to the hospital and like been rushed in front of a full waiting room at Children's with a doctor running behind, like really terrifying stuff. And so that definitely added a layer of protection because it's weird to think that that can happen just by eating something. And so when they're out there in the world at sleepovers mm -hmm. out, you know, it's, it does add a layer to it when they have like life-threatening allergies, even going, going to school and stuff. So yeah, this year has been a lot of firsts. Yeah. How are you feeling about going to camp? This is your first time going to camp? Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about like the eating, but other than that, I'm not. And also my EpiPen scares me because if I have to use it at camp, I'm going to I'm gonna like scream because I don't like to use my EpiPen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a bit concerning though. But at the same time though, on the other end of the spectrum, camp is tons of fun. Yeah. Like what are the things you're most looking forward to at camp? Uh. My basketball club, because I'm probably going to go do the basketball club. I like trying stuff out. I just don't like trying, like, food out. <laughs> I'm glad he's doing this. I think it's a really good leap for him. Um, he's going with three of his best friends. So it's a pretty great situation. Also, my brother is the director of the camp, so that is why I feel safe sending him. So what changed this year for you compared to last year? Yeah, I had a lot of, I had pressure from my brother and Simon wanting me to send him because uh, he technically was old enough. But I, I just, we committed, his dad and I committed that this year he would go and we just followed through. <laughs> for the whole year, we just kept talking about it and then we paid for it. And I've always wanted him to go to camp. Yeah. How would you say you're feeling as, as the date gets closer? Oh, I'm, ha yeah, it's hit me. It is. I keep saying to Job, like, our baby's leaving and... He seems very um, calm about it. We'll see what happens after he's gone. But again, I know it's going to be safe. It's just he's going to be without both of us for a whole week. Yeah. That's a long time. What's your biggest fear during that week? Oh, that's a good question. I am worried about him passing out from not eating. My brother says there's never been a medical event due to picky eaters, so I'm trusting of that. You know, I don't want him, I think as a parent, like you don't want your kids to go through a hard experience at all. But that's, you can't prevent that. That's gonna happen to them. And you just like, I just wanna be his safe place. And so for those five days, I won't be there. And so he'll just be navigating all of that by himself, you know, good and bad. And I, I know it's it's time, but you just, it's scary. That's, yeah, it's scary. How, how do you manage that fear then? Because like, like, that's one of the biggest things as a parent is mm -hmm. to kind of let go a little bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how do I manage that fear? You know, as much as we want to keep our kids in a bubble and prevent them from suffering, and the truth is, is like life is lifey. And uh, 
you know, our kids are going to have to walk through all of that. And, and he's a great kid, you know, he's a great kid and I trust him. Yeah, I trust him. How's it feel to hear your mom say that she trusts you? Uh, different because, um, because <laughs> last year she was like very like protective of all the stuff because like last year I didn't have any sleepovers. Last year like I couldn't go to camp. Last year like I could do a lot of stuff, but now I can since I'm older or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your whole world is exploded in fun. Yeah. Yeah. Big leaps. Yeah. What are you gonna do to take care of yourself? for that whole week when, when he's away, like to, to manage how you're feeling? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in recovery, so I, uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a huge support network. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people to talk to, I have meetings to go to, I have work that I do, you know, in the morning, I meditate and things like that. So I've worked a lot on my mental health <laughs> and I have to, I daily work on it and, and uh, it definitely helps in parenting and it definitely helps in these big life events because otherwise I would go cuckoo yeah, yeah. But yeah. it just also shows how big of a deal this is for you like it, it's, it it's a big step for you as well as much as for him to go off to camp yeah it's huge for you to, to let him go it is yeah no absolutely and again like you know it's people reminding me it's time you know I do I do want him to live you know and I don't want to hold him back I just like love um kind of being free sometimes <laughs> <laughs> let the boy be free yeah, i don't blame him yeah i bet you would like to be free yeah <laughs> we know simon's gonna be gone from home because like and, and he's gonna be away camp having a great time mm -hmm. we know you're gonna be a bit concerned mm -hmm. and sitting here thinking about him worrying about him mm -hmm. sending some text messages along the way <laughs> yes we want to challenge you to have some fun this week as well while, while he's away okay. it's like what will you commit to doing oh gosh while he's away that's fun that is a great question because you know what i thought of today i was like i could organize all the drawers that was my first thought mm -hmm. yeah that's not fun <laughs> that's the opposite of fun okay and that's how my brain works yeah well i mean his dad and i are definitely going to go on a date or two because we don't have a lot of opportunity to do that I i'm going to folk fest by myself so that'll be fun mm -hmm. yeah you know what's gonna be the best though the hug you guys give each other the day you see each other after five days apart. I know. Will that be the greatest hug you've ever gotten in your life? Probably. Are you going to let me hug you? No. <laughs> in public? No. <laughs> I think you will. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a blast, and I'm looking forward to checking in with you when you get back. Yeah, got it. And mom, you yeah. are going to have fun. Can I also organize all the drawers in my house? <laughs> Well, I yes, will. you will anyway. So even if I say no, they're going to be completely clean. I'm yeah. going to check them when I get back. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna. I will commit to going on a date with my hubby, and uh, enjoying folk fest, and also working out because I do like my walks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Yuki and Trevor. It's Morgan and Simon. Simon uh, completed his week at camp, yeah. and I loved it. It was awesome, and I lo and I used to be afraid of heights, but um, I did the climbing on the high ropes club, and I conquered that fear. And I never need to use my EpiPen. Oh, next year I want to do it for two weeks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mom and dad did okay. 
I did organize a linen closet and two drawers, but did not organize as much as I had planned and tried to just be present and enjoy some of the quiet. But we, the closer it got to him coming home, the more we missed him, I think. Yeah, when he got off the bus, I got my hug. And uh, he was definitely happy to be home. And I feel so great knowing that he had such a wonderful experience and that he wants to go back. Now I just have to figure out what it's going to be like with two weeks without him next year. But I'll worry about that when, it, when that time comes. So, yeah, that's our update. Thanks. That's how it starts, Evie. One week at camp, two weeks at camp the next year, four weeks the next year, next thing, he's moved out and you never see him again. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> that's what I worry. That's what I worry about with my kids. <laughs> it's it's a slippery slope, but I'm so happy he enjoyed his time there. Morgan has written an article about learning to let Simon have more freedom despite his life-threatening allergies, and you can find that on our website at cbc.ca/nowornever. You know, Ify, as much as I like to get away in the summertime, it's also nice to just kind of take it easy in your own backyard. Yeah. As someone who lives in an apartment, I also think it's nice to take it easy in your backyard. Yeah. You enjoy that? Yeah. I sneak in when you're not there. <laughs> you just it's enjoy- quite a flight from Toronto <laughs> to Winnipeg, but it is worth it for the views. <laughs> you know, I think your backyard is just this private getaway where you can have some beverages, get a little suntan, you know, kick your feet up and just have a nice quiet spot to relax or you know you could also do this our neighbors used to stand over their balcony and we put on a little show for them once like where we had some of the thrash wrestling guys over for a barbecue i don't know if it was a birthday or what but we ended up doing an actual show and recorded it with entrances like where they were coming in from the side by the garage, walking in, and I was playing music on a little speaker. British Columbia! We just did like an actual little show and... An old school backyard wrestling match. It was just a lot of fun. And, you know, the neighbors were watching and... Lucky neighbors, I say, because they get their own free wrestling anytime they want it. Coming up a little later in the show, find out how a Kamloops couple spent a summer getting the rings that they both wanted. One in the backyard and one on their finger. It's Leg Drops in Love, a little later on Now or Never. This is Now or Never. I'm Trevor. And I'm Ify. And today we are warming up this cold January day with a reminder of what summer can sound like. And in certain parts of the country, summer sounds like a rodeo. Growing up in Calgary, seeing pancake breakfast on every corner and denim and plaid suddenly becoming a work uniform everywhere are signs that the Calgary Stampede is here and summer is in full swing. A few years ago, we brought you the story of one rodeo competitor who had a big goal for summer, win a steer riding competition. 
How about we make a little noise for the Young Guns of Pro Rodeo? Yes, yes, yes! Tonight, we make history, because Bailey Schellenberg is the first cowgirl to ever qualify. Listen, in the world of rodeo, Bailey Schellenberg is a big deal. At just 15 years old, she is the very first girl ever to qualify in the junior steer riding event. And tonight's competition at the Canadian Finals Rodeo in Red Deer, Alberta, is the biggest one of Bailey's career. In the 46-year history of the Canadian Finals Rodeo, that is the very first cowgirl that has ever qualified in the junior steer riding. Tonight is the final night for you to sing your praises. Bailey, we are so proud of you. Bailey Schellenberg is from Cochrane, Alberta. And living in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, she's grown up in the rodeo world. And tonight, it's her last chance ever to win a national title in steer riding because the sport is only open to people 15 and under. Okay, so this is my bull rope. It's a two-handed rope because I ride two-handed. And I put a bunch of purple on it because that's my color. Ever since she was nine years old, it's been Bailey's dream to ride steers. Steer riding is an event for juniors that want to become bull riders usually. Uh, steers are younger and like, I don't know how to say this. Um, steers don't, are castrated so they, they don't grow the muscle that a bull does. But just like bulls, steers love to buck. And they're big, like up to a thousand pounds big. And that's why Bailey's parents, Philip and Naomi, haven't always been sure about the fact that she's steer riding. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. It's definitely a boy's sport. She's a pretty small girl. She's growing up on the back of a horse with me and her mom riding. Same as any other kid. They're always riding the couch seat, right? And pretending it's a bucking horse. So, yeah, that's where it starts. Get out of here. We yeah. thought that it was a phase and that she would eventually come out of it and just want to barrel race or just ride and rope. My mom told me that this is your only one that you're getting on. It was going to be my first and last, is what she told me. I think I was 13. And she wanted it every day. I got hooked and I didn't want to do it because I was going to be the first girl. It just happened to be that way. And I just love the sport. Like, it's so cool being able to dance kind of with a steer and just the adrenaline that it gives you is phenomenal and beautiful. They might be beautiful, but these animals are not to be messed with, which is something Bailey has learned the hard way. Um, I tore the ligaments and tendons in my wrist in May, so I've been rodeoing with it all summer long. I have to get surgery on it. Um, I've been stepped on the pelvis pretty good, and I sliced my lip open. I cut through my mouth guard. Um, I had a pretty good concussion in Pinoca, and it knocked me pretty silly. I slept for five days, and the doctor told me it'd be a miracle if I rode in Calgary, so I... 
I asked him if he believed in miracles, and he said he did, and I came back the day before Calgary Stampede, and he okayed me to ride, and he said, I've never seen someone heal this quickly. That was kind of our bigger eye-opener, I guess, and we both were like, oh, she's probably done. Like, we're definitely, yeah, okay with her quitting if she wants, and and she was like, no, I can do this. I, I'm going to keep going, and no, it'll be fine. Get that chest out. Keep lifting. Don't forget to breathe. Ready? How'd that feel? Oh, wrist looks sore. Because the sport is only open to people 15 and under, tonight's competition will be Bailey's last chance to win a steer riding title in the pro rodeo circuit. With thousands of dollars in prize money up for grabs, the pressure is on. Not to mention the fact that Bailey will be competing against the country's top junior steer riders like Gordon Erickson. This one here, this is my favorite cow. She's kind of older, but she's just, yeah, a sweet old girl. <laughs> and then this one here, she's a little bit nasty. I mean, she doesn't like very many people. She's kind of mean. Well, I've known Bailey a long time. Like, we've been friends for oof, my whole life, I think. And, yeah, she's a great steer rider. Yeah, she started on these cows of mine a couple years ago. And ever since she started, I mean, she's just been really great at it from the start. So, I mean, she's hard to beat. She's probably been the most competition with us this year anyways. So. She may be the first girl to have qualified for the final. And this will be the last time she rides a steer in a rodeo. But she's still just a 15-year-old getting ready for the ride of her life. They all make fun of me because I'm always there an hour and a half early getting ready. The same time and the same way I do at every rodeo. I go down and I sit on my bag and I watch videos and listen to music and then I hang my rope and get it warmed up and I have my bag in certain sections and I put everything on in a certain order and then I go and stretch and get myself pumped and then say my prayer and get ready to go. Of course you want to win, it's what it's all about, but you can't think of beating someone else when you're riding because you can only deal with the cow that you have and deal with your mind and your physical body and just competing against yourself is the biggest thing and then competing against others is the second. Going back to Bailey Schellenberg. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. She got shaken up a little bit right there. As you're going to see, she got stepped on right there. But how about it one time for Bailey Schellenberg? That is just a great, great story. Bailey didn't get the results she had hoped for. She was bucked off all but one steer, and she placed third in the second round of competition. But she's taking her loss in stride. It is it's amazing. Like to accomplish this dream is there's no words to describe it. Like I'm really sad that this was my last ride tonight. But looking back and where I started, like I've come a long ways and I just gotta remember that I rode a lot of cows to get here.
Now, later on, now or never, I am heading into the water. Like a polar bear plunge? <laughs> no, this is this was in the summer. Let's aim for that shore. Yeah. Reporting live from the middle of Lake Ontario. How's it feel? Amazing. I'm trying not to look down because it's really, really deep waters. Yeah. But I'm a bit terrified. But is that stopping us from being out here? Absolutely not. Not at all. That and more coming up on Now or Never. I'm Ify. And I am Trevor. And today, we're sneaking it back into summer to remind you that the heat, the sunshine, and the green grass is just around the corner. <laughs> and around the corner, up the block, maybe. <laughs> maybe you got to <laughs> catch a bus. But it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it is. But let's, let's pretend for a second it was summer. You might peek into some backyards along the way, and you might hear something like this going on. Go for the ride, baby. <laughs> In most backyards, you might hear the chirping of birds or the whir of a lawnmower, but here in a Kamloops, BC backyard, you're more likely to hear the sound of body slams or suplexes. It's, it's definitely different. Uh, there's not, I can definitely say I've never known anybody to have a wrestling ring in their backyard. It's fun. It's so cool having a wrestling ring in your backyard and being able to tell people that, what, what do you do in your spare time? Well, you know, we hit the ropes. When you mention wrestling, there's two reactions you get. It's either, oh, cool, wrestling, or it's, oh, wrestling. And it raises a lot more eyebrows, and, and it gets a lot more attention when people actually have opportunity to see it. Even someone that doesn't really necessarily like wrestling, as soon as they find out you have a ring in your backyard, they're all of a sudden intrigued because that's not something they've ever seen before. Now I'm interested again. Get off the ropes! <laughs> I know I got the five, and I can inflict a lot of pain in four and a half seconds. Just ask this kid right here. Hi, my name is Justin Grafour. You may know me as Justin Cider. Uh, I'm the 40-year-old rookie inspiring people to try and uh, live their dreams by uh, reaching my own. And that includes uh, having a ring in my own backyard to pursue my dream of becoming uh, a professional wrestler. And my name is Christine Harrington, and I go by Christine Beanie. And I also uh, get the joys of having a ring in my backyard. I'm here watching him and supporting him all the way. Speaker. British Columbia. Woo! Justin Sider. Justin and Christine's backyard hasn't always been a place filled with clotheslines and arm drag takeovers. Up until last year, their yard was basically like anyone else's. Until Christine decided to throw down an ultimatum. So I met Justin in 2010, I believe it was. We've raised three girls together, two dogs, and I just kept bugging him. I was like, oh, come on, put a ring on my finger. Like, make me an honest woman. And uh, he was like, ha, 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 if I can get a wrestling ring, you can get an engagement ring. And I was like, I don't know. It's not like that's a big deal. And this is a big change to our lifestyle. 
And sure enough, we had some previous wrestlers, you know, say, hey, you know, we hear that you're looking for a ring. And sure enough, I said, okay, buddy, ring for a ring. Time to make me an honest woman. And sure enough, last July 12th, he asked me to be his wife. So we're getting married in April 2024. Yeah, he has his ring in his back there and I have my ring on my finger. A deal's a deal. What I love about this, though, is that, like, I think a lot of people listening might be like, oh, like, like he's been a wrestler his whole life, and he's finally got this this ring that he finally wanted. But, like, the truth is, you didn't dive into this, this wrestling world until a couple of years back. How long had you wanted to be a wrestler for? Oh, my whole life. It was one of those things, you know, like, just, just like most kids, uh, when you're a kid, and you're like, I want to be a wrestler. Your parents say, that's stupid. That's a stupid dream. <laughs> just give up on that and go do something else. So I did. I went to college, got my electrical, you know, I did my thing, went, got a career, and I you know, have a great life, uh, a couple different careers, and I run my own company now. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Uh, I'm glad that things happen the way they are, because now I get to be that inspiration for other people to show that it's never too late to chase your dreams. I didn't start training until I was uh, 37 or so, you know, and what really came to be was that I had a friend on a, on his deathbed. He died of MS, but before he passed away, um, you know, it, he's been, he was a pretty hardcore dude. He's done his time. He's a, he's a biker guy. He's a pretty hardcore dude. And so I asked him if he regretted anything he's ever done in his life. And he said, I don't regret anything I've ever done in my life. I only regret the things I didn't do. So he asked me if you were on your deathbed right now, what would you regret? So the answer was simple. I'd regret not doing professional wrestling. So that led me to being here. You can tell a guy in his deathbed, you're going to do something. You better damn well do it. <laughs> and then when you tell your girlfriend, like, you know, I think I'm going to do this. She can't really say no after you give that the reason as why you're doing it. <laughs> that is a true story. He didn't really give me the chance to uh, say no to that. And I know that, you know, I've always supported him in whatever crazy dreams he brings to me. And uh, I always tell the kids, you know, do everything that you want to do because you only have this one life to live. So um, showing the kids that he could do it too was a big part to me. I'm like, you know what? You're showing our girls growing up in their teens that, hey, it doesn't matter how old your dad is. If he wants to live a dream and if you guys want to live a dream, it's all it's all out there. You, you can do whatever you want to do. Just put your mind to it. You know, like I'll be in the kitchen, you know, making dinner and I'll just hear him hitting the ropes. And I just have to look out over top and I just, he's just always looks so happy when he's in there. Like, it's just, it's so nice to see. And sometimes our dogs try to get in there with him because they just think that they can wrestle daddy. Take I've seen photos. It's not like you have this giant backyard. It's like like tucked away from the neighbors. It's like the ring is there. And like when you're in it, you're almost like above the fence line. Like all of the neighbors around you can like see what's going on. Like what's the reaction being like from everyone in your neighborhood? They've all been very cool with it. We give them all a free show once in a while. We don't mind when they're peeking over and watching us do our thing. So uh, yeah, they're definitely in with the game. We even had a neighbor who created him a belt, a uh, belt made out of leather and just handed it to him over the fence because he does this leather making. He's like, here, this is your first championship for the backyard wrestling. And we were just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, so you know that they support you when and, you know, some of them don't come out and don't say anything, but nobody has a problem with it. And we went as far as, you know, our neighbors used to stand over their balcony and we put on a little show for them once, like where we had some of the thrash wrestling guys over for a barbecue. I don't know if it was a birthday or what, but we ended up doing an actual show. And recorded it with entrances, like where they were coming in from the side by the garage, walking in, and I was playing music on a little speaker. And with British Columbia, Justin Sider! 
We just did like an actual little show and an old school backyard wrestling match. It was just a lot of fun, and you know the neighbors were watching and lucky neighbors, I say, because they get their own free wrestling anytime they want it. All right, I'm gonna make this fun for you here at the end here. This is I'm putting you on the spot, but I want you to hit me with a promo about why your backyard ring is the best. Why my backyard ring is the best? You want to hear about why my backyard ring is the best? I'll tell you why my backyard ring is the best, because it's handmade, handcrafted. From all over BC, I've collected only the finest tools, only the finest materials. I've seen the best way to do it. I've seen the worst way to do it. And trust me, my ring is the best, because you only get the best from your smooth promo cutter, your sensor button strutter, your entertainment provider, Justin Sider. And if you don't like that, you'll find out real soon that Justin Sider is one stiff drink. Yeah, that was awesome. To see photos of the best backyard ring this side of Victoria, BC, and to hear a bit more about how Justin and Christine are trying to bring wrestling back to the Okanagan and Kamloops, head on over to cbc.ca slash now or never, or go check out some photos on our CBC Facebook and Instagram pages. There are some moments, Trevor, where I am enjoying myself so much that I want to remember every last detail so I can relive it again mm. and again. You know those ones? I have those moments. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, this past summer, not only did I remember it, I recorded it. Okay, it is July, and we are at the Harborfront Canoe and Kayak Center because... We're gonna go kayaking. I'm excited. These are our life jackets, thank you. I'm gonna take off my sweater. These are things you can't say in uh, winter. <laughs> I am joined by my sister Chisom for a day on the water in Toronto, but first, instructions. This right here is a map of the islands in the harbor. You can go anywhere here that you want to except for these three spots in red. If you go through it, you'll be in open water and there's not too much we can do to get to you. Oh, wow. So just don't go out there. You can get a, up to a $10,000 fine. So don't do it. Uh, just stick to the sides because there's bigger boats going through like tour boats and stuff like that and they have trouble stopping. So just if you're in here, stick to the sides. This is the scariest kayaking experience ever. What is this? I know. I was expecting like a nice calm day and then all these instructions came. And what makes it even worse is that Chisom and I, we have never done this before. In fact, neither of us know how to swim. So we are excited, but also a good amount terrified. But after some practice paddling. Yeah, ready? And stroke. And stroke. We and are stroke. off. And then the right side. Right. Because we're going to go straight. Yeah. I don't know how they were like, stay out of the way of the bigger boats. I don't know how to stay out of the way. <laughs> Reporting live from the middle of Lake Ontario. How's it feel? Amazing. I'm trying not to look down because it's really, really deep waters. Yeah. And I'm a bit terrified. And neither of us know how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> but is that stopping us from being out here? Absolutely not. Not at all. Okay, back to paddling. Yeah. Okay, go. One, two, one, two, one. 
I am living vicariously through you right now. This sounds like the perfect day. It really was. Until it wasn't. So we made it. Kind of. <laughs> I think we can claim that we made it. We're here. Okay, we did make it. We're here on Toronto Island and it's beautiful out. It it's is. like plus 30 today. Yeah, it's a gorgeous day. We're standing right now on the shore near Hanlon's Point, Hanlon's Beach. What's the name? Anyway, just staring at the CN Tower, the Rogers Center, the Toronto downtown skyline, but also feeling just so very seasick. Very, very motion sick. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to be back on land in a car. Yeah. But I think we're still glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. Absolutely, bucket list item. It was really, really fun. Mm -hmm. Beautiful views. The vibes were right. Yeah. We just yeah, weren't. Yeah, absolutely. And right now we're just standing, watching the waves wash up on this little beach and, and waiting for a rescue vehicle. <laughs> Do you want to try kayaking again next summer? Um, where there's no waves, yes. Good plan. Trevor, I'm feeling a little nauseous re-listening to that right now. <laughs> we were so sick. But no regrets. And last summer, I was definitely not the only one trying to get out into the water. On a hot day on the beach in St. Malo, Manitoba, kids are building sandcastles, the paddle boats and inflatables are out, and Corey Mazinki is dipping his toes in the water. For someone like me, this is like such an amazing experience because I haven't, I haven't like felt this way or, or been in a setting like this in many years. So this, this device truly changes the way I can spend pastimes in the summer. It has been a long time since Corey has felt a lake lapping at his feet because in 2019, he suffered a spinal cord injury after a diving accident. Initially after the accident, like I, I mean, I kind of wake up in the hospital, don't really know what's going on and was always kind of prone to being adventurous and, and kind of, I guess, hurting myself and you know, just from life. So, I, and I always, you know, healed from it and whatnot. So I kind of thought at first, like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna heal, it'll be fine. I'll be walking in, in a week or in a couple of days and time went on and it kind of sinks in how serious it is. And it's kind of, I mean, it's depressing. It's hard to cope with, but I think the first few weeks or months when you're learning just how to do the simplest tasks again, like get out of bed and it's difficult, but that's kind of when I learned like there's, there's different devices and, and products that are able to benefit my life. So I just wanted to kind of maximize what was out there and make stuff on my own. At the time of his injury, Corey was in university and had plans to work as an engineer. And it wasn't long after the accident that he discovered that his engineering skills could be put to good use, making his world a little bit more accessible, one invention at a time. 
Like the first thing completely on my own was a handle to hold a beer can. Because I thought that would be really cool. Because I know it's, it seems simple, but like holding, holding a can with no hand function, like I, it, was, it just seemed impossible. I made like a kind of a loop saddle that the beer can sat into and it had like a hook where my thumb could, could clip in and, and pick it up. Initially people were like holding up a cup and like I was drinking like from someone else's doing, right? Which is, is tough. So being able to do it yourself is huge. Corey has gone from making beer can holders to all sorts of accessible devices, like accessories that help people open doors or hit golf balls. Which brings us back to the beach, where he and his girlfriend Haley are testing out his latest invention, a custom wheelchair with a water-resistant seat and big inflatable wheels that he calls the Beach Explorer. It's smooth, hey? You wouldn't be doing that with a stroller, yeah, with a wheelchair, nothing, a wagon. It's very easy with the balloon wheels. I just kind of got almost hooked on like that feeling of like what else can I make that would benefit my life and benefit someone else's life. And it just kind of progressed from one thing to the next. I've always been the type of guy who like, like to build things and understand how things were made. Before my injury, I never thought of like, you know, handicapped parking spots or ramps. Like I had maybe the skill set to, to help in those ways, but I just never thought of it. And now that you're in this situation, you're kind of forced to, to think of all those little things. And kind of here we are now with an actual company formed and hopefully we can impact the lives of many, many people. Corey's Beach Explorer. It looks so cool with its blow-up wheels. Yeah, did a great job. You can check it out for yourself on our CBC Now Never Facebook and Instagram. This is Now or Never. I'm Trevor Deneen. I am Ifi Chiwetelu. For Gail Howell, summer is more than a time to enjoy warm weather. It's a chance to remember a dear friend. I, I challenge you to find a spot in our yard that does not have garden. <laughs> so in this corner, we've got these two huge monks hood and echinacea. She had huge echinacea beds. And so you We're standing in Gail Howell's huge garden. There's stone paths that lead you to flower beds and trees and plants and pots. It's the kind of garden that you can tell took years of careful planning to make. Now, lungwort is not an, uh, necessarily an easy plant to grow. It's a space that Gail couldn't have created without the help of one person, her 93-year-old neighbor, Minnie. The, the plants, you know, the ones that mean the most to me are, are these huge mature plants that I recognize that had been in Minnie's garden the longest, you know? Her garden was the talk of the neighborhood. If I had a question on gardening, I'd go over and I'd say, Minnie, you know, um, there's a certain part of my garden that's struggling. Well, let me come over and check it out. And she'd come over in the backyard and she'd wander all the bits. She'd critique. 
not in a bad way, but very, very quietly and calmly. Then it became, without being asked, all of a sudden I'd see little bags with a little snippet of a plant. It could be six months after we've talked about it, you know. But she remembered the, what I wanted and where, and she'd give me a little something. That woman had the strongest back I've ever seen. She never used a wheelbarrow. Everything was lifted and carried by hand. She bent f- straight from the hips, no kneeling. Wasn't real big, but huge presence. Last fall, Gail noticed Minnie was in her garden less and less. And when she did see her, she looked frail. And Minnie's daughter, she was the one doing most of the work. One day I stopped Gail in the back lane and I said, how's, how's your mom? And she said, well, <clears throat> we're struggling now because she really, she's got cataracts. She really can't see too well and she's really not capable of staying in the house by herself so we're we're thinking it's time to uh to put her in assisted living and the next thing you know I see a for sale sign on the house the house sold quickly and Minnie moved before Gail had a chance to say goodbye and then this summer when Gail went across the back lane to meet her new neighbors she discovered that things were about to change so she told us that they're putting an addition on the back of the home and the trucks would have to come in and go right over the gardens. I was, first of all, I was a bit shocked and and, uh, (laughs) I just said, no one is going to put any of Minnie's plants anywhere but in somebody else's property. That's what's going to happen. This woman pour, put her heart and soul into this property. And she meant so much to me as a mentor. She probably didn't even realize how much of a mentor she was. And I just couldn't see it destroyed. And I said, would you mind if I go get my spade? With the neighbor's permission, Gail spent the next week digging up cone flowers that were three feet high and peonies that had bloomed beside Minnie's front door for decades. She worked for hours, transplanting enormous hostas and speedwells. And when she ran out of room in her own garden, she put the call out to neighbors to come and save a piece of Minnie's 40-year-old garden. And the thing is, Minnie doesn't know any of this. Well, until now. Armed with an iPad full of photos, Gail is pulling up to the assisted living residence where Minnie lives. I'm a little nervous, actually. I didn't think I would be. Um, I hope she recognizes me, and I haven't seen her in quite some time, so I hope I don't get too, too, too emotional. Hello. Hi, sweetheart, how are you? Hello. You look exactly like the mini I remember. You look the same. How nice to say that. And I did something special with your garden, you know that, darling? I took care of all your flowers, I dug them up, and I gave them new homes. Every last one. You did Oh, yes, I did. Is that ever a nice thought? And I brought brought pictures. Did you really? Oh, is that ever nice of her? This is your speed well. I tell you, that took some effort to take that root ball out, that, that one has been there for how many years? Well, we were there for 45 years. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoyed it, every bit of it. So I was digging up a little baby I didn't uh, notice you were doing all that. Oh, yeah. I watched. I listened. Oh, it's nice to know that yeah. you come to tell me. I, that's why I had to tell you that we, we, your garden is probably in at least 25 or 30 gardens in the city. It's, it's not something you forget. And I treasured the flowers, the flowers, the geraniums on the corners. Yep. Oh, there's, there's memories here. Yeah. So you want me to show you pictures of my garden? I sure do. So look what I did. Oh, do you oh, like that? Is that ever nice? Did you ever do that up nice? There's a fence and yeah. there's a, the, the different yeah, colors. Oh yeah, you like the different colors, right? Yeah, I do. You like that? Yes, I like that. Minnie Shentag passed away three years ago, and her pride in gardening is just one of the many things that her family still remembers and thinks of fondly. You know, we've spent this whole episode remembering summer, but I know that there are people who love winter, who are happy to embrace and bask in exactly what is happening now. And I salute and celebrate you. I don't understand you, but we celebrate you. <laughs> yeah, for everyone else, if you're pining for summer, feel free to run this episode back. You can listen to it as many times as you like on the CBC Now or Never podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Big thank you to our team of producers who helped put this show together this week. Bridget Forbes, Sarah Tate, Andrew Friesen, Betsy Trumpner, and Tanera McLean. I'm Ifichi Wetelu. And I'm Trevor Deneen. We'll see you next time. Take care. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.